I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Half Your Fancy Podcast. I'm your host this week, Peter. Joined this week and just while joined by one person only is Tom. How are you, Tom? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm on holiday. I'm coming live from the seaside here at uh, Sunny Peas Bay, just by the bar. Anybody knows it, you know, it's a wonderful place. But anyway, on to more important matters at hand here. First of all, we'll delve into our league, right? Because we do this every week, we're top, top three. First of all, the high school score of the week was a team called Angie's Kangaroo, 95 points. So you can probably guess who's got in this team to get such a high score, considering Rangers kind of blank to the back. Have a guess, Tom? Furuhashi. Corrected. Face captain Furuhashi. I'll quickly look for his team. Seagrest and goal for six. Tavernier captain four. Doig ten. Ralston fourteen. Golden and Ramsey one point each. Maguire two. Ginelli three. Furuhashi 39 points. Abada eight points. And Anderson seven. So a damn good score. Uh, the top three this week. A brand new top three, as you probably can imagine. Number one is Pookie Blinders. James Spear, 89 points. Takes it 172. Second is Johnny McSauce. That's John Cameron. 88 points, takes 169. And third is remembering Terry Monroe. This is John T. 88 <laughs> points, this is 160. I know that's a subtle dig. Right, so that's our league. If you in our top three every week, we'll read out the top three and we'll read out the highest goals, the highest point scorer from the game week. So we'll get involved in that. The league is still open. Also, a lot of new people in the league for last season. Forgot to mention that last week. Thanks for joining up. League's still open. If you play FPL, I'm guessing most of you do. Our FPL league is now live as well. The code is 6 lowercase g 669 lowercase i. That is 6 lowercase g 669 lowercase i. As that starts for Friday, so you better get a move on. You want in that. And again, we'll be talking about the top three in high score every week in that as well. So, game week two is in the bag, Tom. That was also the second leg of John Guffrey Cup. I have posted all the scores on Twitter, so anybody who's in it, 32 people seen where they got, if they're true or not. We will be doing the second of the draw later on this podcast, but before we get there, Tom, how'd you go on the cup? Uh, I'm through to the next round, uh, quite happy with that. I think it was my game week one score, which kind of carried me through, but uh, I live to see another round, so that's good. Yeah, Gunnar was the same. I think Gunnar actually won it quite easily. He too legs quite impressive the other guy's score so he's no issue I had a bit of squeaky bum time I get through with three points I took a hit this week we'll get to that in a minute we'll get to our points and uh, FPL Panda done on that bad game close to me as it turned out I looked at the scores I believe it was the boy McKenzie scoring the last minute of Aberdeen mm-hmm. who managed to get me through I had been out 
it's just another wee sort of thing. I, I got through on the lowest points to get through, so there's a bit of jamminess for me as well. Uh, Try to learn from lucky. that. So you want to talk us through your second game week score, Tom? Yep, so I got 50 points. I took a minus four, having seen the uh, Rangers line up before the deadline. There was no Bologan and there was no Sakala, so I had to take a hit. And I'm glad I did because uh, Nisbet didn't feature and Ferguson didn't feature and Ramsey was benched. So um, I needed a hit to get a full function, functioning 11. Um, Clark and Goals got me three points. Captain Tav, four points. Holanda got me two points. Uh, McGinn got me 11. McCart got me three and Ramsey one. Uh, Vice Captain Boyle got me 16. Charlie Adam got me two. Gary Mackay Stevens got me six. And up front, Curtis Main got one point. And Jason Cummings got one point. Okay, I was the same boat as you. I took a hit. I was 42 points for all out 38. Again, seeing the Rangers team, I was a similar boat. I had Bassey and Sakala. And when I saw a team went right, I had to change that. Didn't expect so much rotation in later games, but mm-hmm. I suppose I took a minus a four to get two points back. If I'd left him, I wouldn't get any points, so... I don't know how it worked. <laughs> then I lost two points there. I did again two points there. I don't really matter. I also had Clark and Gilks with three points. Mackenzie Aberdeen, 10. Captain Tav, 4. Hanlon, 1. Barisic, 2. Ramsey, 1. Boy, 11 points. McGregor, 6. Henderson, 1. Chalmers, 1. And Van Veen, 2. So, not the best of game week, but I think it's an for most people. But when saying that, we read out a score a minute ago. People some really impressive second game week scores. Yeah, couple of well cards in there as well. I noticed people taking the plunge early doors that's worked out for them. So I'm going to quickly read out the scores of the game week, Tom, and then you can talk us through what you've gleaned from the game week. So on Saturday we had a shock straight away. Dungeon had one Rangers nil. They made St Mirren beat to one by Hearts. Hearts kept a good run start to the season. Then on Sunday with Celtic six Dundee nil. Angie Ball finally kicks off. We Tibbs three Ross County nil. Another strong performance. Livingston won Aberdeen 2, last minute winner for Aberdeen there, and Johnson won Motherwell 1. So, Tom, take us away anything you've got. And before you go any further, I apologise the background as there's tractors, kids and dogs, and I can't, and I can't do about it. Listeners. <laughs> um, so, first, obviously, we, we've got the shock result of Dundee United 1, Rangers 0. It was uh, uh, Jamie Robson scored the goal. Uh, Rangers scored, there was no Balogan. Hollander was in in his place, no Sakala, and Morelos was back, and McLaughlin kept his place in goals. It was Rangers' first loss in 40 league games. Um, I thought they kind of seemed a little bit flat, but to be honest, it's one small bump in the road um, when you kind of look at the bigger picture and look at their form from last season. Uh, Rangers only had two shots on target. One came from Alfredo, and the other one came from Tav. They face Ross County next, a team yet to score any goals. Hibs hammered in this game week 3-0. Um, and then they've obviously got the Celtic tie after that. The bonus points came for all, all three of which were uh, Dundee United players. We had Robson got the three bonus, having scored the winner. Fuchs got two and uh, Edwards got one. So it's, Dundee United have got quite a nice run. Uh, they've got St. Johnson up next, then Hearts, then St. Mirren, Dundee. Celtic, Ross County, Hibs, Motherwell, and then Livingston. So you could argue probably maybe Hearts, Celtic, and Hibs are maybe the only ones are probably potentially tricky fixtures there. Um, so I'm going to keep a keen eye on their defence. If they keep putting in performances like that, then clean sheets and bonus points 
might be a plenty for the Dundee United defenders. Anything to add that, Peter? Mm, I suppose the one, the boys, was it Robson stood out? Yeah. Two settings, Tom. Uh, Guy Robson, but he'd always great, he'd a great, fantastic game, got the goal, clean shots, but he'd been linked away from the club, so I don't know if there's any point in bringing him in. But just like you said there, I had a look through their, their team, and it's a lot of cheap defensive assets. So as you, as you said, if they continue this up, and if they can put performances like in week in, week out, I won't be long in shifting at least one defender to Dundee United. Mm-hmm. We need to keep an eye on the transfer window as well. I mean, if Seagrass goes, then... That might have an impact as well. Yeah, that makes so, him weaker as a whole, yeah. Yeah, he often kind of keeps them in games with wonder saves. Um, up next then, St. Johnston won, Motherwell won. It was an O'Donnell own goal. And the other goal came from Tony Watt, assist uh, from Stephen Lawless. Liam Kelly got the three bonus points, despite not keeping a clean sheet. Uh, he made four saves, so I was, I was quite surprised at that. Uh, Tony Watt and Lawless were obviously the partnership that we've seen pre-season. Um, Van Veen was the only player to have more than a single shot on target in this game. He managed two and missed a big chance, so he perhaps could have got a goal in this game. Um, not a lot on show from the Saints attacking-wise. They didn't score last game week, and this week their goal was an OG. Um, I was quite upset to see that goal uh, in the 80th minute for Motherwell, as... Um, I do have a St. Johnston defensive ownership in the form of Xander Clark and McCart. So that was a bit of a sicker. Um, but other than that, probably not a lot to report there. Anything to add to that with you? Uh, just so far, uh, there's nothing that's made me want to go too deep on these players. I've got Clark and goals, and I've, I think I did discuss this week's goal. It was between Clark and Macy for me, and I just went for Clark. So if Hibs do... Do as well as we suspect him to do. You can get a free asset, free assets elsewhere in the team. And from Motherwell, I'm on Van Neem for up front now, just because he's simply a cheap option off the bench. And I quite like the eye testing so far. Mm-hmm. And nobody else stands. I think there's a boy Carroll was pretty cheap and he's deep high up in the points so far. So it's good. Uh, again, it's just a kind of watch to see. Motherwell's had a quite a tricky start to the season, I suppose. So they might kick on again. Window's still open. Just wait and see how they kick on the next couple of weeks and then maybe make moves for them. But I, like, pretty much similar to the last one. I mean, there's nobody there who's standing out that I really want to jump on right now. Yeah, same here. I mean, Xander Clark, I'm probably not going to use a transfer on the keeper unless one particular keeper becomes sort of a standout. They're not sort of known for getting a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So in this instance, obviously, Liam Kelly did bag the three bonus with no clean sheet. So... Um, Another one would be McCart. I'd maybe be looking to kind of shift him out. St. Johnston faced Dundee United next, then St. Mirren. But then they've got three fixtures where they play Rangers, Aberdeen, and then Hibs. So I might be looking at shifting McCart um, out that. I was going to say maybe that's it. Wait till the next two games, then make your move there. I would say yeah. then. Okay. Um, next up then, St. Mirren won Hearts 2. Uh, Shaughnessy got the goal for St. Mirren with an assist from Scott Tanza. Uh, the Hearts goals came from Halliday, assist from Boyce, and Boyce also bagged the goal with an assist from Gary Mackay-Stevens. Boyce took away all three bonus, Halliday got the two points, and Shaughnessy got the one. So that was really all the goal scorers there. Um, St Mirren went down a man when Christian Dennis got a red card. Um, to summarise then, Gary Mackay-Stevens, that's two returns in two league games. 
And for Boyce, that's three returns in two league games. And he also managed to get some bonus this time round as well. Um, Hearts had four shots on target in this game, two of which came from Boyce. The only other player to get more than a single shot on target was Brophy for St Mirren. Um, he was also the only St Mirren player in the game against Dundee last game week to have more than a single shot on target. And he also scored in that game as well. So if you're probably going to, if you're going to go for a St Mirren attacker, Brophy's probably your man based on the last two game weeks. He is my man. <laughs> he is your man. Keep on talking about him. <laughs> and uh, Scott Tanzer, he missed a big opportunity last week, but he managed to get an assist in this game. Um, he's playing as a wing-back, so he's getting quite far forward. Um, and a player we mentioned last week for Hearts as well was Bering- Beningme. Um, he didn't get any attacking returns, but his points were made up in the sort of other categories, including um, interceptions, passes completed, etc., uh, he only managed one point this week, so maybe not that sort of consistent returns that we we're expecting, but still going to keep an eye on him. Any strong feelings on Hearts or St Mirren, Peter? Yep, uh, St Mirren, Brophy, I mentioned it the week. Again, it's a cheap strike option, but there's, that many, there's not many places to fill right now in Nisbet still there. I'm kind of hoping Nisbet gets sold. Not because I don't like him as a player, just through fantasy points. If he sold it, I'd rather free transfer. Boyce, after me talking about him all pre-season, didn't go on him, but I can do a mention last week as well. He's going to have a set and forget. He's involved in all the play. I like Mackay Stevens and Janelli as well, the Hearts front three. I think he can get a wee bit more solid at the back, the options there. But I think there's a pressing transfer coming this week. I think everybody's going to do this one transfer. We'll get to that obviously later. Mm-hmm. I think the transfer after that will boister me in my team and forget about it because I think he's going to get so many points this season. He's going to haul, he's always involved. And I think the quicker I got my team before he rises again, the better for me. Yep. Nothing other end of the pitch defensively yet, not for any teams. Obviously, with that press and transfer, um, Hearts play Aberdeen this coming game week. So it gives you a chance to get that fixture out of the way and perhaps bringing in boys for maybe Nisbet. He's Obviously, wasn't in the squad on the weekend. He's injured. We'll have um, the opportunity to see what the situation is. They've got a European fixture midweek and then they play in the Cup next mm-hmm. weekend as well. So that'll give us a couple of press conferences to try and sort of work out what the issue is and how long he's going to be out. See um, you. Sorry, Angel. But given his price tag, if he's if he's not outperforming the cheaper options, and I'd probably say Boyce is probably the high end of the cheaper options, then it makes sense to kind of bring in a guy that's actually active, scoring, uh, assisting, and he's in the bonus as well. Yep, that's just what to say. And you mentioned Aberdeen game. Wouldn't surprise me, Boyce still gets on the score sheet there because it seems to be, I think he's going to be fixture-proof for most games as well, mm-hmm. just because of the way he plays. I mean, this is a guy we mentioned before, and he was at Ross County, he was a top goal scorer league for one season. So okay. he's, he's, he's no way... He's no short of confidence in this league. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Aberdeen, they managed to get a last-minute winner. They beat Livingston 2-1 away. Uh, Livingston goal came from Bruce Anderson. Assist came from Penrice. Uh, for Aberdeen, the goal came from Jenkins. And then the last minute was McKenzie with an assist from Ryan Hedges. Jenkins managed to get all three bonus points. McKenzie got the two and Bruce Anderson got the one. So again... A situation where all the goal scorers in the game came away with the bonus points. Um, we talked about Ramirez last game week. Uh, he had zero shots this game. That's shots at all, not just on target. But he only came on in the 63rd minute. 
Uh, Ramsey was also rested, so I think these two are probably seen as key players um, with a view to the uh, Europa Conference qualifier on Thursday. Um, <clears throat> Aberdeen had 11 shots. Five of them actually came from centre-back Declan Gallagher. He had one shot on target, three off and one blocked, so um, I'll be keeping a close eye on him. Um, Bruce Anderson goal, he was mentioned as one of our cheap forwards last week. Um, and Penrice got the assist. He created two big chances in this game, so another one to keep an eye on there as well. Are you tempted by Declan Gallagher, Peter? Okay. Tempted. Uh, I mean, these have some good stats, but the current moment I've obviously got the two cheapy Abilene defenders. They've also had a price rise already, so that's 0.2 extra in the bank for a potential wild card on the line. Uh, Ferguson midfield. I really want Ramirez. <laughs> I think. I think it might be, if, if once Europe's finished with and Aberdeen are playing a steady 11 week in, week, in, week out, my idea would probably be to have the two cheapy defenders, if they're both nailed, obviously not that could change. I think if Ferguson goes, then maybe go to Gallagher instead and have Ramirez up front. But I guess it's a total, the game's changed every week. Aberdeen still, we've got a question, well, our topic later will be the bench trick versus rotation, but obviously it ties in here. Why is this team still in Europe? And rotating teams, it's going to be a wee bit harder to get these guys that are nailed. But as it stands right now, I'm happy to stick with the two cheap Aberdeen defenders because it lets me be enabled elsewhere financially. Mm -hmm. And that was that was another point as well. Obviously, Ferguson wasn't in the squad. I don't know if we've heard anything in regards to is it the fitness or are looking at transferring oh, them out. All I'm hearing is links with transfers. Him and this, but um, mm -hmm. so I mean, Doig was out the team last week, and then all of a sudden he was back in this week, wasn't he? It was, yeah. So I don't know if transfers break down or players' heads are turned. This is going to be the, the part of the course until the end of August, I think. We're just going to have to deal with it until the window's shut and then we know who we're dealing with. I mean, look, remember last year in January, eh, Nisbet mm -hmm. wanted to go, he didn't get his move and he kind of took the half for a month or two. Maybe he wasn't in the team for a long time yeah. or just then he managed to get himself back in and played well again. So these things are just going to have to be a week-by-week -week basis. Um, that leads us on to then probably the, the biggest scoreline of the, the weekend, where Selic put six past Dundee. Um, Furuhashi obviously got the hat-trick and came away with three bonus points as well. Um, I'll just run through the goals. Furuhashi with an assist from Abada. Furuhashi with an assist from Christie. Rogic with an assist from Christie. Furuhashi with an assist from Christie. Ralston got another goal. Assist came from Forrest and Edward got the pen. Penalty, which was won by Abada. Um, the, probably the standout figure of the weekend was Furuhashi. He's a midfielder, but he's playing out of position um, as a striker. Uh, he seems to be preferred over Edward. He came away with the three bonus points. McGregor got the two and Ralston got the one. Given that Christie got three assists, I was quite surprised that he wasn't amongst the bonus, but there you go. Um, is Ralston a new player under Ange? Um, I'm yet to be convinced, but two <laughs> goals in two games is not a bad return for those that take the gamble um, in their first game week drafts. Uh, we see also seen Joe Hart in goal as well. He didn't really have a lot to do, so it's kind of hard to comment on him. But I, think I called that to the next. I called that next experts panel. I said Joe Hart. I mean, I've seen yeah. my. <laughs> That's <laughs> Um, McGregor got the two bonus points despite no attack in returns. Um, I think he got six weeks, six points this game week. Sorry, he did. Yeah, uh, 
he got the two appearance points, the two bonus. He completed 103 passes and got a single point. And he also got a clean sheet point as well. Um, I'm surprised he never got the two points because obviously he made uh, more than 40 passes on two occasions there. So, but it must just be 40 plus, you get a point and that's it. Um, you're not building upon that at all. He got no interception points and no tackles. So um, it just goes to show what happens off the ball can sometimes um, bear more weight in attacking returns. But based on the other fixtures, I think it's really goals that's going to get you the bonus points here. Um, how do you feel about the Celtics' performance, Peter? Has, have, they, have they turned a corner? Uh, I don't like to carry away because it was Dundee and it was at home, but it, if that's the style of football he's going to play, then it, it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, I'm going to cut to chase here. I think Furuhashi is going to be his transfer in this week. Is it going to be your transfer? Yeah. Yep, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. You can't risk not having him. It opens up nice options for captaincy choices. We'll get to that later on, actually. There's a question about this later. Uh, we maybe Celtics at home or Rangers are at home. We can have, it's like having the whole Salah Bruno debate, I suppose, similar. Uh, McGregor had my team because I thought McGregor was going to play further up and this game he was playing the deepest of the three mm-hmm. now, I know Silly Sight McCarthy or McCarthy is it McCarthy? McCarthy right so if he comes in the team he'll play in deep so McGregor might play further up but right now looking at it I think when I mentioned it last week you said yourself it's midfield options for Celtic isn't it it's mm-hmm. what combination what to go for I like Abada he's really cheap but well Christie end up coming out of the team and playing the team. Will Forrest come in that right hand side? Will Abad have to play a part, I mean, more a part role? Uh, Rogic, I don't know if he'll be there a week. I think maybe Rogic's place because that was a team at home that they can allow to have a single Rogic in there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Rogic wouldn't play against maybe Ibrox two weeks' time. I'd very much do it been there. Furahashi is the one I'm going to go for. If Ferguson goes... Even if it doesn't go, I've got money in the bank. That's my move for next week. It'll be, I think, game week three, Furuhashi. And then I'm going to stick with two Celtic assets. It's whether I keep McGregor or do I move elsewhere. But again, by the time I make that decision, I'm another two weeks of stats and data and eye test to work on where I want to go from. Yeah. I think Furuhashi playing out of position is the big factor for me because he's going to get that extra point for goals. Um, and he seems to be in amongst the bonus as well. Uh Christy, I'm concerned about because it came to light this week that his um, his contract actually expires in January rather than next summer. So unless he signs a new contract, he could be out the door regardless of his performances. If Celtic want to secure a fee for him, but we'll need to see how things go with that. He is he does take up quite a bit of your budget, and probably for me to get him in and Furuhashi, I'd have to get rid of Boyle. Now Boyle is doing really well at Hibs. He's the third highest scorer in the entire game uh, in over the last two game weeks. So I'd be reluctant to get rid of him. Plus, uh, it diversifies my squad as well. So if Celtic do have a bad game, then at least I can maybe look to, to Hibs and Boyle to, to boost my um, overall score for a particular game week as well. That leads us on then to Hibs. They managed to hammer Ross County 3-0. Boyle was on the score sheet. He got the opener. Uh, assist came from Newell. McGuinness got the second goal, assist from Doig, and Doig uh, scored the third goal, assist came from Paul McGinn. Uh, there was no Nisbet, uh, he was ruled out as injured. 
Um, I already mentioned that Boyle is the third highest scorer in the game. He came away with the three bonus points as well. Uh, Paul McGinn came away with two and Doig got the one. Hibbs were playing in a 4-2-3-1 formation. Uh, and due to Nisbet's injury, it was Doidge that was playing up front. He got five shots in this game, two of which were on target. He was the only player in the this game to get more than one. Uh, Boyle seems to have some consistent returns, and this system seems to suit him as well, whereas back when they were playing a 4-4-2, uh, he, he didn't really perf perform as well. It was only really when he started to, to, to play up front, when Nisbet was out with the team, that he was getting sort of consistent goals week in, week out. Um, what's your views on on Boyle, Peter? Do you own him? I own him, yeah. No, he's a must-have. I think he's a great option of the week for the vice-captain role, regardless. Yeah. Like, for example, a couple weeks' time, Rangers will play Celtic. So, I mean, if you're in a sticky situation there and you don't want to, you'll just move to Boyle, to be able to look at it, because you think, right, he's involved in most things. As long as our fixture's favourable, He's good. As you say, if Nisbet's not playing and he becomes, he's been more, more prominent as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's probably the him and Boyce right now, probably two must haves out, out with Rangers players, Rangers, mm -hmm. Rangers players. They'd be yep. two teams I think you'd on your sheet. When I see a lot of uh, people playing the game casually who are maybe just listening to podcasts and using tw Twitter, that's the two names they've on their sheet as well. So they've also listened and, and paid attention. It was Boyce and Boyle. I've got a hat. Furuhashi, based on his, his... Oh, yeah, no, I'm talking about, I was talking about before game week one started, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. as in people were talking. Uh, I've got Hanlon at the back, and he's not going to return yet, but until I've got other fires to fight first, and then we have to move him out as well. Yeah. I've got Paul McGinn, and he kind of offers a bit more attacking. Obviously, he's a, a fullback rather than a centre-back. So he got an assist there. He got the two bonus points. He's not been that prolific in the other categories. I thought he would maybe be getting some more additional points in terms of the interceptions and tackles and things like that, but yet to see that yet. But um, Ross County have yet to score a goal this this um, campaign, so maybe Hibbs were the sort of dominant force in this game and he didn't really have a lot to do uh, in terms of sort of defending. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So just a case of keep an eye on that just now. Yeah, I think, I think you made me begin, I think if the moves I make, the way I've worked out, kind of forward planning, obviously things can happen with transfer injury and stuff like that, I would have enough money to move to Hanlon to McGinn in a couple weeks' time. And again, that's going to depend on fixtures and injuries and form and stuff, but that makes a, a no-brainer to me the way you're talking. He's obviously offering more going forward if he's playing an attacking fullback role. Mm -hmm. And Doig obviously returned to the squad as well. Um, he was linked with the move away, so... I wasn't actually expecting them to come back. I thought they were kind of keeping them in cotton wool so they could, because they're talking about looking at four million for them they're asking for. So mm -hmm. I thought they'd be maybe sort of protecting their asset there. But um, he played in this game, managed to get an assist and was in amongst the bonus as well. But perhaps maybe a bit risky getting him in, considering he could be out the door any time. that you? Yep. <laughs> right. So we will move to... The topic this week was bench trick versus rotation, Tom, right? But there's a question on it, so we'll cover it when we get to it. So we'll move to our questions to community, right? So first question up is from Maz, FPL Maz. Goals for the season. season. So it's kind of it's three questions in one. So the first goal was pod growth. So it's our podcast. The the, season, the, the, the second season it has kind of helped because we're getting more listeners than normal, more league entrants, more questions, more interactions. So straight away, 
the pod is growing. I just like to think we have helped this community grow. Don't really think about that, Tom. We'll start with that mm-hmm. question first of all, yeah. Uh, we're also doing more on this this year rather than splitting it with the FPL. So we're more Scottish heavy. And with the whole these new stats and bonus things come into the situation, it makes, makes it more interesting and more to talk about. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I suppose we have. Um, I don't really like blowing my own trumpet. Or anything like that. It's not blowing your trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we have. I mean, uh, probably the biggest barrier to, to playing a game like this is the amount of content and resources. Um, when you've got FPL, you've got so many sites where you can sign up for a, a small fee mm-hmm. and you're getting access to a mountain of stats that you can sort of analyse yourself and build a team based upon that. With the Scottish game, there isn't really anything like that. Um, it'd be quite costly to get an account with Opta Stats or Scout or one of these sort of providers. So it's, it's difficult to kind of build your team. You're maybe just looking at who scored last week and bringing, bringing him in. So, so to provide something where there's a bit of analysis um, some talking points, it kind of brings people into the game a bit more. Kind of, you have that build up towards the weekend where you're, you're considering your transfer, you're, you're maybe listening to podcasts or whatever on your commute, um, and it kind of it kind of brings you into the, the the game a bit more when you've got multiple podcasts to listen to, and you get you get to kind of hear different perspectives and consider different talking points as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, last year when the season started, I think there was only two podcasts, I was in the football pod guys, and then Hoofball started later into it, that was three, now there's four with the Scottish community podcast, so there is plenty of opinion out there, there's now a lot of guys do a lot more threads situation, you know, like maybe, you now you get all these threads in the FPL threads where you get discussion points, people talking, I've noticed a lot of that kicking about, people taking part and doing more stuff in the community, so I think it's an actual growth, and if we then help along the line, then it's going to obviously make our podcast grow at the same time. Second question was a goal for the Scottish game. So Maz has wrote top 50 question mark. Is that your goal? Is that too high a goal? Um, aye, we'll, we'll say top 50. Shoot for the stars, Peter. I would say top 500. I'd be happy with that after last year. But I suppose that <laughs> <laughs> it's just a case of it. It is like a brand new game. again with all the bonus points. So you're playing a, a new game. Different from last year again, so it's yeah. trying to work. It's trying to work out the quirks. Trying to work out who what players, as you said, is going to get bonus points. You mentioned a few times the goal scorers be getting them, so mm-hmm. something to look towards. And again, like the clean sheets, assists, goalkeepers. So it's a I'll be mad to them again, but I think top five hundred is a low bar for me. And then maybe if I can cover that, I'd be happy with that. Uh, and an FPL top ten case what question mark. Yeah, I'd say I'd say top ten K is always my target for FPL. Um, the last four seasons have managed top fifty, um, so the next the next stage for me would probably be top ten K. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm just trying to kind of half. I think since I took it series three four years ago, every season I've halved my rank. Then we have went for two million, one million, five hundred thousand, two hundred K, whatever. And this year it's six seven K. So if I can see the top thirty K, I'd still see that as progress from the year before. But mm-hmm. obviously, top 10k is something that I think all managers playing the game would thrive for. Hey, right, Mass, thanks for the question. Next up is from Gordon Gal, Senegal 86 and Twitter. Star players to avoid, and who do you see having big price drops rises in the next few weeks? So that's kind of two questions in one. When you go top. What was the first part of the question, sorry? 
star players to avoid? Star players, so like players with big price tags, would you yeah, say? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Um, so probably Odson Edward, because he seems to have been ousted out of the squad in favour of Furuhashi. Um, his form last season wasn't particularly good. He, he, he does seem a bit disinterested. I know that's kind of been a sort of a common criticism from last week, but I think he's perhaps got one foot out the door. He's getting linked with a lot of clubs. Um, just now, probably Nisbet, because we don't really know what his um, fitness is. And he's yet to kind of prove himself this season. We've got a lot of other assets that are, are firing just now. Um, Boyce and Ramirez, even the sort of the cheaper options, um, are doing quite well. So if you don't have Nisbet, I probably wouldn't be looking to, to bring him in. But I think he's the second highest owned own player. So um, probably a lot of the listeners already do own him. Um, just now, the situation with the, the Rangers goalkeepers may be a bit sticky. They're probably the sort of premium goalkeeper options. And um, we don't really know if it's going to be McLaughlin or McGregor this season. Um, so that's probably a, a difficult one. And then the only other thing I could maybe think of is, other than Furuhashi, you've got Christie. He might be out the door. Um, James Forrest as well. There's 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 better sort of cheaper options in midfield just now with uh, you've got Boyle. You, if you if you're going to bring in a second select midfielder, you're probably going to have to get rid of Boyle. Um, Ferguson is also another one. He was quite prolific last season. He was on penalties for Aberdeen. We don't know what that situation is just now. Um, and again, his injury status is is a bit, a bit of a question mark above that as well. Are you? Yep. Pretty much covered them all. Talk. I would also mention right now, just for right now, Morales for Rangers mm-hmm. until he gets back fit and nailed that position up front if he's going to stay. I agree with Edward one. Uh, Nisbet probably. Yeah, I'm on him, but he gives me options when I want to sell him to go elsewhere if need be. Yeah. Uh, his next question was, who do you see price rising, price strong? Well, on the players just mentioned, I noticed Edward had a drop already, so if he's still going to be a bit part and he's not going to get first team football, then his price will just drop week after week. Mm-hmm. Uh, price rises probably the two Aberdeen fullbacks if they're going to be playing because they went yeah. to one, two point one already. I can see that creep up every week until they're two point five to two point eight. So if you're not on one of them, I would suggest jump on one right now. What about you, Tommy? Who thinks get your rise? Who going to fall? Price rises. I'd agree with the two cheap. Aberdeen fullbacks, uh, Furuhashi, I, I definitely expect to rise. Boyle, I would expect to rise as well. Boyce, maybe get a voice as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly even Ralston, given his two goals. I think. Two, I think. I think Ralston. Familiar with the league. Yep, that's what you say. A lot of casuals may bring him in now because he's a cheap Celtic defender and will jump on him. Mm-hmm. And. Perhaps Gary Mackay Stevens as well. Two returns in two weeks. He's done quite well. Um, try to think who else. I had another one in my head as well. Tavernier. <laughs> I know he didn't do well this yeah. week, but it wasn't. I think he was sixty percent ownership in the game, which is a bit silly, I think. So, say for example, he holds again this week against Ross, or next week against Ross County. He did a point rise, so I think he may have another one by the end of next week's play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably it. In terms of price dropping, uh, 
probably Charlie Adam. We kind of thought before the season started, we kind of everything kind of goes through him. He's probably going to get yeah. some assists. He was toiling. He was toiling that game. I think he might struggle yeah. against top six teams. Uh, he's not really in amongst it for the interceptions and the tackles, which we kind of thought he was going to be as well. He is fairly expensive in comparison to other midfielders. He was 4.1, but I think he's already dropped to 4.0. So I think he's probably going to continue to drop. He probably was quite highly owned at the start of the season, which as people start to come away from him, his price will probably drop. Um, if Nisbet and Ferguson are confirmed, Injured again, and I imagine a lot of people will be transferring those guys out for the um, for the, the voice and perhaps Furuhashi as well. Uh, so I could see them dropping too. And even if Rangers sort of if they come away from that kind of defensive form that they, they showed last season, then I could see perhaps that sort of second Rangers defender, maybe Goldson or Barisic. Their price dropping too. Well, Barisic had a price drop that weekend. I think he went down 0.1. Mm-hmm. Because all people yeah. sold him because he wasn't playing that first game week. But that could change making back up again because obviously he featured the second week. If they wait and see. So that's finished for that question, Tom. Yeah. Right. Next up is from Devour FF. So it's Devour underscore FPL. I think that's how you say his name. Kind of just touched on that there. I have Tavernier and Barisic. Is this premium, premium duo worth it in the long term? And I'll start right now. Uh, Tavernier is definitely pre- uh, worth it the long term. Don't be don't be fooled by one week. If five weeks later he's still he's having these kind of issues, then maybe. But as it stands now, definitely. Barisic, I'm not too convinced he's 100 guaranteed. I would probably make a safer move to go for Golson. What would you think, Tom? Um, yeah, I wouldn't be looking to to move away from them just yet. Last season they they didn't lose at all in the league. This was their first loss in 40 league games uh, out of the 38 league games they played last season. I think the vast, vast majority of them, they did keep a clean sheet. They're playing Ross County next, which is a team yet to score in this league campaign. So to move out, to move off one of them just now when they've got that sort of plum fixture coming up is a, is a big, big risk. I would be looking to, to hold for now. Uh, they face Celtic, who have kicked in and showed form, but let's not get carried away. It was just Dundee. Uh, and after they've played Celtic, they'll face St. Johnston, who have only managed to score an own goal so far this season. Motherwell, who we thought were maybe toiling a bit. And then they've got Dundee, who Celtic have hammered 6-0 this game week. So it's it's a pretty good-looking run. I'd, I'd say it's maybe a, a gamble coming off uh, the Rangers' defence so early. Yep, not to that. It's, you say Ross County and then Celtic, then it's an international break. So that would give you food for thought. What do you want to do after that, I suppose? Because mm-hmm. then you have one easy game and one game who they should be favourites for, even though they're probably playing the second best team in the league. Uh, but if they get through that, you can look and see how they've done point wise, how they looked on the eye test, and then take it from there what you want to do with the Rangers defence. Mm-hmm. Next up is Josh, and it's SUFC underscore Josh. His question is quite simply a hashtag. Is it always Captain Kayago, Tom? <laughs> um, one game week does not make it the man for me. <laughs> um, I would probably be looking at still Captain Tav, but looking perhaps at the vice-captain of Furuhashi. Uh, Furuhashi is a goals man, but he wasn't amongst the assists. 
I think he's going to get a lot of service, but I don't know if he's going to set up a lot of goals. So with the vice captaincy, it doubles the, the goal tally only. Um, so for now, I'd maybe be considering the vice captaincy, but I'm not quite ready to give him the captaincy just yet. Um, my add to that, I mean, it was, I think it would be fixture dependent. When Rangers play at home, Celtic will play away and vice versa. So if Rangers are playing away from home, I guess Team U fancy might do a bit of damage. Dun United, for example, nobody thought that would have happened. They did. If Rangers went to, say, Tynecastle, Hearts are a bit of form. Rangers go Easter Road. Can you guarantee Rangers clean sheets in these games? Maybe not. If Rangers Celtic is at home against a Dundee again or a Ross County, maybe that's the time when you maybe move the captaincy to Kayago and the vice captaincy to Tavernier. Just something mm-hmm. kind of change it up. No. Yeah. Yep. Right. The next two questions are tie in with the topic, Tom. So I'll read the both out and then we'll talk about the actual topic ourselves. Right. So first up is from Robbie Dempsey. That's Bolexio on Twitter. Given how much rotation we saw this week, and with possibly several teams in European group stages, are strong benches increasingly important? And the next question, Zach, covering the same kind of thing, was Craig Smith at Glasscunian on Twitter. Is the bench trick still the best strategy given the weekend's rotation? Or should we even have a full playing squad? So this, I wrote this question down before these questions come in as the topic we get to say because it, it affected me this week as well with that much rotation. Would it have made much difference this week if you had 11 playing players and a strong bench? Or would you still go for... This is just because at the start of the season, teams are in Europe. Once it all settles down, we'll get strong 11s and then the bench trick will be much more worth it. Thoughts, Tom? Um. I st- I still th- I'm still going to continue to play the bench trick. Um, those that kind of performed well this game week were the ones that had Furuhashi and either captained him or vice-captained him. With the, with the teams that... With the players that, were, that didn't feature or, or came out as injured, we're not going to have that every week. And we're not going to have European qualifiers for the the entirety of the season either. Um, For those that are using the bench trick, many of them will own uh, perhaps someone like Luke Strachan, someone who's already been removed from the game. But for those that were on him early enough, we'll still possess him. If you sell him, then you can't get him back. Um, And when you've got a player that's no longer in the game, you're 100% guaranteed a non-starter, whereas... If you still have a player that actually features in the game, there's always that tiny risk that he might come off the bench or whatever, um, and that just completely knackers your your bench trick. Uh, When setting up our teams, we're probably always going to have the one guy that doesn't play and then the goalkeeper that probably doesn't play, given how tight the budget was this season. But the other 13 players are probably going to be fairly guaranteed starters. And I know I got Jason Cummins in this week, but I was I was fairly convinced he was going to um, start for Dundee, given his I thought he had a decent performance last week. Um, well, on that, I mean, I mean to say on that as well. I think he will play most games. So I think it depends on who he's playing formation wise. If he's playing one of the top teams, they won't because he's not that kind of player. Mm-hmm. But if he plays teams similar level, maybe bottom the fifth down to the bottom of the league, I think he will play most games. I maybe mean, this fixture dependent for him. Just what I saw with eyes. Given that we played um, the game for a full season last season, it was very, very unlikely that we're ever going to encounter a, a position where we're going to have Nisbet and Ferguson, two highly owned players, both of them 
surprisingly not in the squad. And even with Nisbet, we knew he had a knock. It was always going to be a risk there. Um, he was flagged before the game week started. So um, even with myself playing the, the bench trick, I still managed to get a full start in 11. Um, and if I owned Furuhashi, I probably wouldn't even be quibbling it. Finished? Yep. Remember, I can't see you, Tom, so I'm not getting any nods off you. <laughs> <laughs> right, last question is from Sutty Show, and it's a follow-up to last week's question. So if last week was too late for a wild card, can I do it this week, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably re reiterate what Gunnar said last week, that it's a very long season with no wild card. We won't get a second one until the split, which is the final five fixtures. So it's a long way to go and a lot can happen in that time. The transfer window still hasn't shut. Uh, there could be a lot of comings and goings uh, in teams. We're not out of the woods yet with COVID. I know we had Freedom Day yesterday, um, but the winter's coming and that could have an impact on fixtures. We're already hearing that. You sound like, you sound like John Snow there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're already hearing that um, some players are having to isolate. They've been close contacts and We'll probably touch on that when it comes to my FPL draft. Um, so COVID is still a thing. Players may have to, to isolate um, or be ruled out for a period of time. So fixtures might get postponed as well. It's, I'd say it's probably too early. Uh, two game weeks, again, is still a small sample size. Unless unless you've got a, half your team's not starting games, then I think it's a bit early to pull the trigger just yet. I agree with that in the most part. All I would say is, see if you're really determined to do it, don't do it until a week on Friday because there's a two, two rounds of European football and League Cup games. So yep. wait until that's all done and dusted and settled and then let it does settle. And then if you still want to do it, at least you'll have more knowledge at hand to decide what team to build. But I would still recommend not doing it this too early in the season. Okay, right, Tom, before we go on FPL, we will do the second round of the John Guffrey Cup. So you're my glamorous assistant here. You've been drawing the names like kind of magically out of a hat that you can't, you don't have. Mm -hmm. so it's, only, it's only 16 numbers, Tom, so it shouldn't be that hard to keep track of this one. Again, the rules as same round, but it's a two-legged affair. So the first round, the first leg of the second round will be game week three, and the second leg will be game week four, and it'll take us to the quarterfinals after that. So, Tom, I've got a list here of the qualifiers, 1 to 16. You want to start us off? Pick a number and I'll tell you who's playing who. Uh, I'll pick number 12. Number 12, well, that's just, that was nice and handy. It was just to answer this question. That is Sutty. We'll play number five. We'll play Skush2605, who's Sean McKeady, who is the champion of the half of the Fantasy Podcast Cup. Oh, very good. Uh, we'll go 16. 16 is FF Baz. And number three is FBL Haggis. Uh, number 10 is your good self, Tom. Uh, number four is me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number 11. Robbie Dempsey or Bolexo. And number 7. Is 
R McLennan underscore. Number nine is Hoofball Pod Hamish. Number one is Samuel Mac 05. Uh, number 14 is Donny1967, who went through with a high score over two legs. Just to let you know, he obviously did a right double good game week. Ooh. Um, number two is James Lapron. And number 13 is FPL Maz. Uh, number six is Darren Snedden. I think that just leaves 15 and 8. Yep, Gunners be like a straw. On you go. Who's first? Who do you want to have the home draw? Uh, number eight is Gunner. And number 15, 15. <laughs> is FPL Irons. Ooh. Just to confirm the draw is Sutty versus Scoosh 2605, FF Maz versus FPL Haggis, Tom versus Peter. Tom at least got one, he's in the quarterfinals. There you go. Bleak uh, Soul 10, that's Robbie Dempsey versus Aaron McLennan. Hoofball Pod, Hamish versus Samuel Michael 5, Donnie 1977 versus James Lapron, FPL Maz versus Darren Snedden, and Gunnar versus FPL Irons. I will get these scores up, oh sorry, the fixtures up on. Twitter shortly after this pods out, so people can see you have got. So, Tom, we're back to our podcast. So, this is FPL time. The game is Friday. Uh, just, just before we move on to that, I just yep. kind of wanted to um, continue on from, from last week. We kind of talked about where the points were going in specific positions. Sorry, I forgot about that. On you go. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, so, last week we talked about the top 20 scorers for that particular game week, just to remind you. Uh, one goalkeeper was in the top 20, nine defenders, five midfielders, and four forwards. Uh, this week, we have no goalkeepers in the top 20, eight defenders, so one less on last week, nine midfielders, and three forwards. So probably out of the outfield positions, forwards are probably the weakest, given that it's only been three or four. Defend uh, midfielders, sorry, had a bit of a boost. They went from five to nine. And defenders have remained consistent over the two game weeks uh, between eight and nine. Uh, out of the sort of highest scoring players in the game, Furuhashi, on the back of his uh, hat-trick, is the highest scoring player overall with 25 points. Believe it or not, Ralston is second with 22. Uh, Boyle is third with 18. And Boyce is fourth. I don't have actually written... I've not written the score down. Um... Oh, I have. It's 12. <laughs> um, out of the three forwards this week, then, um, top scorer was Boyce with 12 points. He's only 5.1. Bruce Anderson, 4.4 with 7 points. Tony Watt also scored 7 points and is only 4.6. So we've kind of talked about in the past, it probably doesn't make sense to throw a lot of money at the forward position and maybe look at focusing on midfielders and defenders and that kind of been reinforced over the past two game weeks but again to caveat that that's probably still quite a small sample size um, I've also had a wee look at the bonus points last game week it was two goalkeepers that got bonus defenders it was six of them midfielders it was five and forwards it was five 
so fairly kind of spread amongst the outfield players this week. Uh, we've only got one goalkeeper in the bonus, which was Liam Kelly. Uh, defenders got eight, so that's an improvement of two from last week. Midfielders five, so they've been remained consistent. And forwards, it's dropped down to four. So again, maybe looking at putting your budget into the defence and midfield. And then just to kind of look in at goalkeepers, overall saves, Lexidens at Dundee FC is top with 11. And it's quite a big drop down to Craig Gordon on six and Liam Kelly also on six as well. So if you're looking at a keeper and purely wanting them in for the saves, Dundee FC, Lexidens is your man. And that concludes that section. Okay, so... What I take for that is I've been mentioned last week. Cheap up top, premiums, middle and defence, and just a set and forget goalkeeper. After two weeks. That's the template after two weeks. <laughs> but as you said, small small sample size, it'll all change. I mean, you might want to jump on strikers with fixtures come about. I mean, fixture dependent. If Rangers have a good four or five fixtures in a trot and say Morelos is back in nailed, I think it would be silly to overlook him at that time. I mean, if Celtic sign a striker, they're linked to a new striker. Say Furuhashi, Furuhashi tracks back to maybe a winging role, then maybe the Celtic striker would be what to bring in. But again, that's something to we watch week to week and see where we go. Any else start, Tom, for move on to the FPL? Nope. Right, so here we go. Time of the season again. It's actually worked out quite nicely because obviously there'll be no Scottish games to talk about next week, so it gives us a wee bit of chat for the English game next week. Friday, so we've got a kind of team reveal now. Obviously, we always have to caveat this. This is not set in stone. There's still lots of information that came out. There's friendlies getting played. There's also going to be team pressers up until the deadline. So we'll change it to them. So what I do, Tom, we'll go from position to position. We'll start at the back. Who's your two goalkeepers? I think last week you said you had Martinez. It's still Martinez? It's still Martinez just now. And the other one is a non-playing goalkeeper, Balcom. Who's he from? He's no longer in the game. He's on a season-long loan to Burton Albion, but <clears throat> he his parent club is Brentford. Right. Are you going to replace him or just at some point with some other non-playing player? Um, yeah, I'll probably get a a four point mil keeper that's actually in the game and there's a, at least in a case. small chance he's actually going to feature. <laughs> right. At the back, I've jumped back onto Sanchez for Brighton, simply because of the fixtures. Uh, I did have Backman that might change back to Backman because I like his pictures as well but as it stands I'll just go with Sanchez because I don't have you'll see later I've got a player playing against Sanchez uh, against Backman so rather than run that risky of versus versus I'll just wait for Sanchez for a couple of game weeks and then we'll take it for there my backup is Foster four million backup keeper from Watford so I'm interested to hear who you're, how you're lining up back three back five defensively and who, have, who do you have and I'll let you go first go um just before we move on to that, what, what's the thinking behind Backman? I've seen him in quite a few drafts and I'm just wondering what the, right. well, the approach was. Let me look on it. Two minutes. Right. Cheap 4.5 starting goalkeeper, right? At the time I had him in, I think uh, Brighton had lost quite a few defenders to injury. Mm-hmm. Dunk, Dunk wasn't guaranteed. They sold White to Arsenal. And I was like, right, okay. Last year, we got three keepers up from the, the pre- uh, Championship. And I think they all done quite decent, I believe. Maybe Messier. Mm-hmm. Who's the other one? There's two done no bad out of three. 
So look down back in those fixtures. We've got Villa at home, Brighton away, Tottenham away, Wolves at home, Norwich away, and Newcastle at home in the first six games. That isn't too bad at all. They compare that with Brighton. They've got Burnley away, Watford at home, Everton at home, Brentford away, Leicester at home, Crystal Palace away. Again, not too bad fixtures. So I suppose I'm not even 100% nailed to what I do. I still think they're both have decent defences, but right now, Brighton just about has it right now for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've jumped on to Sanchez. But it wouldn't surprise me if Backman does pretty well in these first six weeks. Because I don't think they're going to be the Whitten boys people. Some people had them out to be. Yeah. Can I explain that for you, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, right, you're back five. And how are you going to line five. up? So I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've got Shaw, Kufal. They're still all there. I now have Lilton uh, for Burnley. And I have Armati, who seems to be starting for Leicester just now. He's four, four, just, just four million. Leicester's back line have had a few injuries. Um, they managed to hold their own against, obviously, quite a young Man City squad in the um, the Community Shield final. It's about that for you, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they held their own against that. Um, so it's not often you get a, a four million defender that's fairly guaranteed to play. So I went with him, and he's probably going to just sit on on the third sort of bench slot. But I'm kind of tempted to play him against uh, Wolves. He's playing Wolves this weekend. I'm tempted to play him. So I'm actually struggling with my starting eleven just now. Are you not nailed up? You're not decided if it's back three or back four yet? No. I've not decided yet, no. Right. So my defensive line is, we've got three of the same, Tom. We've got Trent, Shaw, and did you say White? No. Uh, Kufal, Lundin, no, right. and Armati. We've got two of the same men. We've got Trent and Shaw is the same. I have got Liverpool back up left back. This Macris in right now. Mm-hmm. By Robert Zinder, 4.0. I, I don't know if we'll stick with him, but he might be in for a couple of game weeks anyway, because if he's nailed to play left back, I think I'll have them in. I'll probably have time to sell them as Roberts gets back fit. My backup defenders are White from Arsenal and Veltman for Brighton. Again, it's just fixtures for Veltman, 4.5. Fixtures are already the ones look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and White, I think, for Arsenal be nailed. I think Arsenal might be much better this year. They're not... None of it, the last few defenders haven't guaranteed yet. That could still be some transfers done there before I get to the Friday night, but that's the five that is. Okay, Tom, who's your five midfield? Uh, so I've got Mo Salah, I've got Bruno Fernandes. I'm not quite set on the other two, which is Madison and Zayech. And my third kind of cheapy guy is Brownhill at uh, Burnley for 4.5 million. Okay. My five is Salah, who is a captain man right now. And alongside him, I've got Mares for Man City, Havertz. Chelsea, Ben Rama, West Ham, and Barnes for Leicester. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the look of Leicester myself. Um, obviously, I've got Madison. Madison and Barnes were sort of, I'd say they're probably fairly fairly equal. Both of them were, had a couple of spells out with, with injury. Um, you went for Havertz. I've went for Zayic. I've seen him pre-season. He scored five goals. He's maybe had a chance to settle in. He was obviously new to the league last season. 
Um, so I'd quite like him for sort of providing service if um, if Chelsea managed to get, and it seems like it's a done deal, Lukaku in, then um, that could maybe improve his situation. Big guy in the box. Uh, he did score the two goals against Spurs in pre-season, so that would be, you know, it's not like in sort of the Scottish pre-season where they're playing Montrose and teams like that. That's a, that's a fairly equal tie, I would suggest. So that's probably a decent game to go on. And that was only played just there on the weekend. So you imagine they're probably looking at playing the start in 11, getting them up to speed for starting the league come this weekend. So, um, But I do quite like the look at Chelsea. They've had time to build upon last season. And I noticed you've not went with Fernandez. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got him just now. We know how sort of jammy he can be, even coming on as a substitute, making some uh, key passes, maybe getting a goal. He's on penalties as far as I'm aware. So I'm not quite ready to, to go without him. <laughs> but uh, what's your thinking behind that, Peter? Uh, I like the first two fixtures for more than other teams, so I'm kind of I want I want City covered because they play Norwich at home in the second game, I believe. That's right. Right, and then Chelsea get Crystal Palace in the first game, so I want Chelsea covered. <laughs> now, haven't I haven't got Bruno there yet, but I've got a minute. I've got three point five million in the bank, Tom. Still, right. So. I can get to Bruno if I wanted to. It's my whole point is I think I'm just going to attack this first two game weeks and take it for there. Now, come Friday night, I can probably text you and go around saying, bye, Bruno's back at the team. I've shot it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'll have to just wait and see. But that's the team. I like Ben Rama from uh, West Ham. Uh, I was talking to FPL Irons about the cup for the week there and that's who he was raving about was Ben Rama. Uh-huh. So, that's, could, that's, one of the, that's one of the guys I'm considering as well. I said I wasn't 100% set on Madison and Zion. Could, ben Rama's in the thoughts. Could be their, their kind of a Lingard type player this year. So mm-hmm. that's the way they're thinking. He's also quite knowledgeable with the game. So I've put him in on that reason. So up top, Tom, have you got up top? I have Antonio uh, for West Ham. I've got Tony at Brentford and I have Rodriguez. Burnley. Um, Burnley, he has managed to score four goals and managed one assist in pre-season, um, including scoring a goal against Newcastle United. The other games were obviously Tranmere, Blackburn, they've played Oldham and another team called Cadiz. So, is he nailed but really... Nah. What's that? Is he not, not, really, not really nailed but Rodriguez, is he? Just a cheapo? Just a cheapo, really. He's not that expensive. He's only like 5.5. It's hard to get a... I don't think there's any 4.5 or 5 million starters. There's a lot of Watford strikers, but supposedly most of them are going to be out in the door soon. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to and the one, one the one who was playing injured. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to nail down a, a cheapo striker between 4.5 and 5. So I've kind of stepped up a bit. I went for 5.5 Rodriguez, purely based on the pre-season form. Antonio, we know what he can do based on last season. And Brentford's um, first few fixtures are, are looking good. 
he was probably the sort of talisman in the championship last season, scored a lot of goals. I've seen him in a lot of drafts, so I think his ownership is currently 30.2%, so almost a third of the game on him. So um, I've seen him in a lot of drafts, so try to keep up with the pack and get him in as well. Okay, up front I have got Tony as well. I've had him in for, he's been the one player in for the start, not moved. And Danny Ings has come into my team. That was a wee surprise transfer last week mm-hmm. for Villa. First three fixers, Watford away, Newcastle at home, Brentford at home. I think you can't ask much more than that. If he stays fit, he'll win. If I hear he's not fit, then I'll maybe move. And um, other option is it's just a cheap straight striker from a Watford up front, 4.5 right now. Because I'm start, I'm going to plan to start the season 3-5-2. I can be flexible, move to 4-4-2 if need be. I've got 3.5 million in the bank. That's mostly to do with uh, Lukaku or the Kane situation. Mm-hmm. So I can move quickly if need be. I'm quite happy with this team looks now. Obviously, the big one it missed out is Bruno. But like I said again, if Bruno starts against Leeds, looks fantastic. He's playing further up the field. If Sancho's helping him get more assists and stuff like that, then he'll just come in my team. I don't think I'll sleep on him too long. If he looks good straight away, I'll just bring him back in. Mm-hmm. That's what it's looking for the first game week. Looking forward to it. A lot of options. There's a lot of a lot of good players, a lot of good cheap alternatives as well in midfield that lets you enable also. I mean, I think we mentioned last week, Rafinha, and he's not even in this team this week, but he'll be my team at some point, that's for sure. Yeah. He's another midfielder in my thoughts. <laughs> I know. It's that many pick from it's just that good. Obviously, Robertson dropping down for Liverpool, injured. It's let me bring in Tismakis, I've actually pronounced his name, but the Jota could be an option as well. I'll, I'll still tinker over the weekend. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. I've got to Friday. I'm on holiday this week, so... It's not like I have to be doing it quick. I'm maybe start listening to podcasts this evening onwards and formulate more of my points and my thoughts and take it from there. Are you tempted by City? Are you going to spin the wheel on Pep Roulette? You gonna... I've got Marius in. you got Marius. So Marius is in. Do you think he's going to start? Well, because there's quite a few doubtful, he didn't go and play in the Euros. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, De Bruyne and Foden are both out, I believe. So, Mares or Torres is the two. Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking about maybe Gundogan as well, but right now I'm on Mares. And plus, he's at a nice, he's at a nice price, price at a point as well. That if he starts becoming a victim of Prep for I'll just go somewhere else. How much is he? Is he nine? 8.5? Nine. He's nine. So, that's not bad either. Because my idea eventually, I, I think I spoke to Gunnar on a chat, would be that I want to get to Sun at some point if they sell Kane, because we're pretty mm-hmm. much playing up front at 10 million. So it would let me get to Sun, no problem. Maybe in game week three. I'm just trying to think ahead and what players I'd like to have for certain fixture runs. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to kind of work out where I would go to, who I want to keep. But Salah's going to stay there no matter what. I can see Mares and Havertz changing, maybe moving about, but Salah will be there. If Panama starts quite well, he'll stay at six point. And the rest I can move about as the season goes on. Okay with that? Mm-hmm. Right, that's us finished. Tempted, I'm tempted to go with Bruno. I know. Bruno <laughs> See, that's what happens. But then, uh, I've had him in my team since he joined the game. So a year and a half, eighteen months, I've had Bruno, and he's always done well for me. It's weeks where he's quiet, of course. He's only human, but normally he's brilliantly on. It's just that fear of when Man United play on a Sunday and you've not got him, 
You're going to watch him go daft. You're going to watch a rank plummet through the floor. That's that's the tough thing, isn't it? Right. In fact, anything else to add, Tom? We're ready to wrap up. Um, any thoughts on captain and vice captain for the, the weekend? For the first game week, Salah. Vice captain. It doesn't really matter. Getting into it. So. Ings. Ings or Ings. He is on Ings right now. After the night, he's on Ings case. Do you think he'll start with I don't know yet. Or do you think they're going to compete for minutes? I think the way I've heard Villa fans talking is Walker's mate shift to the left. Right. And he's done that before. So mm. it's not like it's a new session for him. It just might be, it might become less of, he might not want to own him as much because he might not, he's not playing through the middle. But then it depends how it works. Things might breath new life in him. So I have to wait and see. I'm Captain Salah and Vice. Trent, I think. That's a good option as well, Trent. Yeah. But I think we'll know Salah's playing or not, so we'll be, I think it'll be quite a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that it? Yep, that's us. Right, get your plugs in, Tom, and we'll be right off into sunset. Uh, I am at FFS underscore Scout on uh, Twitter. I've been a bit quiet recently. Um, been kind of busy. with Obviously, Freedom Day... COVID restrictions are relaxing. I'm allowed out of the house again, but um, I'm probably going to have a wee sort of look over the, the Scottish Cup weekend, a wee break, and maybe try and fire out a thread or a or a um, article or something from this week. Cool. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yep, you can follow some, follow me also at Fantasy Half, Paul Gunnar at FPL underscore Gunnar or Gunnar underscore FPL, I believe. I always got one mixed up. Uh, if you like, he's give us a review of you listening to your podcast. We will be back next week, Tom. I think what we'll be talking about is what you've took for the Scottish League Cup games. Mm-hmm. We'll have two we'll have Europe to look at again, so we'll have a, a, another round of fixes for certain teams and our first week in FPL. Will we go for there? That should keep us going for another week. Yep. Okay, dokie. Right, so that is us finished, guys. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Tom. Bye-bye. That's goodbye for me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.